Welcome to A Sex Worker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the answer to life, the universe, and everything is sex workers. I'm your host, Parker Westwood, and today we get to have a fantastic conversation with Elliot Emerson of the Emerson Experience podcast. Uh, they also have a, a couple different collections of candles for, for purchase, which we will talk about later on in the episode. Um, in this episode, we talk about review boards, podcasting a bit, her relationship to her body, and a recent plastic surgery that she had, and, and talking about how people perceive that and how, how she felt about getting plastic surgery. Um, and again, we talk about the candle business side hustle and just like her creative brilliance in general. I'm really excited for y'all to hear this episode. Elliot, it was just a peach to talk to. Um, and I just want to get a few things about the show out of the way. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sexygalaxypod. You can find us on Twitter at sexygalaxypod. And we have a website that is linked in the show notes, um, so you can find all the episodes there as well as on any platform you find your podcasts. Obviously, you're listening to this, so you already know that. <laughs> um, and A Sex Worker's Guide to the Galaxy is brought to you by Companion Tax. If you are a companion and you want help with your taxes, go check out companiontax.com. All right, now that we've got all that out of the way, uh, let's jump into the interview with Elliot Emerson. Here we go. All right, I am here today with the one, the only, Elliot Emerson. Hi. Hey, Elliot, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Parker? I'm doing really well. Thank you for being on the show. Um, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself with name, pronoun, where you're located, if you care to share, and what kind of sex work you do? Well, I'm Elliot Emerson, pronouns she, her. I'm based out of Dallas, Texas, and what I like to refer to myself um, as is a girlfriend experience or GFE provider. Love that. I also heard you say on your podcast, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, influence whore, which I personally <laughs> really love. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, how did you get started in sex work? What is your origin story? Well, I think I started almost like everyone else, which well, I won't say everyone else has started this way, but more than a few of us have started with sugaring. So mm -hmm. I moved to Texas from North Carolina um, for a civilian job. I wasn't making that much money here. Mm -hmm. And I just was trying to figure out what I could do to you know, make ends meet. And I got onto seeking arrangement, unfortunately, <laughs> or that website that must not be named or talked about. Um, yes. And I just had really bad experiences. I had maybe like one or two good experiences, but most of them were pay per meet. So I had a friend that was just completely honest with me and said, look, you're really busy with your regular job. Um, you really don't have the time to commit to be a sugar baby, to be up somebody's ass 24 seven, basically. Mm -hmm. So why don't you just become an escort instead? And I said, uh, 
that doesn't sound too bad. I guess I'll try it. So for about a year before I created Elliot, I would just like meet guys and tell them what my rate was and just see if I could just go and do it and leave and be okay with it. So I did that for probably an entire year. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. So I guess I'll go ahead and make this persona and make the website and put my money into this photo shoot. And that's how I became Elliot. Oh, that's amazing. Sugaring takes so much more effort for an uncertain amount of money that like it really does make sense to shift into escorting or GFE. Um, Did you have a different name when you were just when you were trying it out for a year and seeing how you felt? Oh yeah, (laughs) I probably had several different names, (laughs) but I think I, I, the name I used usually was Harper. Um, Oh, love that. Because I read all these books on sugaring, like don't use your real name. I mean, it's pretty similar to escorting when you think about it. Yeah. Um, Don't ever give them all this information, your real information, unless you trust them. But I just never really, I don't think I've ever met anybody that I gave my real information to other than maybe like one or two sugar daddies right um may I ask you this is not on the list of questions I guess Uh but now I'm curious hearing the the name Harper um do you intentionally gravitate towards gender neutral names absolutely oh I love you (laughs) um tell tell me a little about that those are my favorite names and they just they keep things clean they keep things inconspicuous if you see that name and your phone, or if somebody, you know, usually these clients or these guys are married, if you see that in their phone, they're not really going to think twice about Elliot, maybe Harper, but yeah, I just like it like that. And I've wanted to change my name, but I'm like, I can't find, I can't decide on another gender neutral name. That's better than what I already have. So, oh yeah. Elliot is, is great. I think you're, you're rocking it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Cool. I love hearing that. Um, you are also the host of your very own podcast, um, yes. which I, before I launched this one, I went and listened to your podcast all the way through um, all the ep- episodes you had at that point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause I, at the time, I think there were only four, four other sex worker podcasts that I knew of, um, yours, yours included. And so I just really wanted to see what what you had going on and you're in your most recent episode um you talk about that you started it because you are averse to review review boards yes um and I, I resonate with that and on a deep level um so I thought we could start talking about review boards a little bit and like why first of all talk about your podcast for a moment um and then like go into talking about why uh, podcasting was a better idea than involving yourself in review boards. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, um, podcasting, it was just a, an idea that I had one day after listening to, and I will always shout them out, um, Vivian and, mm-hmm. and uh, Chantel. Yes. Yeah, Chantel Etoile. Thank you. With the sexy escort guide. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed listening to them and they were helping you know, reach clients and providers, but I just wanted, I had an idea. I'm like, if people can actually hear me, I mean, I'm already face out. I don't know how much more 
exposed you can be to the clients in the industry than to be faced out. But I'm like, maybe if they can see my face and hear my voice and hear a little bit about what I want to do and the things that I enjoy and the things that I can do um, as far as what I enjoy, what type of experience I provide, what I expect from the people who see me, I figured that would be better than a review, in my opinion. Yeah. And just for the listeners who don't know what a review board is, would you mind kind of explaining what a review board is (laughs) and what they're used for? Uh, A review board, from what I, from my understanding, which I've tried to get in and out of several years, Uh usually I just end up not even logging back in after I've created an account. Review board is where a lot of clients, they call themselves hobbyists, go and they find um, escorts or companions and a lot of escorts and companions advertise there. So what they basically do is to vet you and show that you are a real person and you're worth it to them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're worth whatever they're they're wanting to pay. They go ahead and review you with a list of acronyms. Um, I remember the last, not this time that I joined a review board, but the last time and I just like pieced out on it. I saw a specific term called mommy damage. And I'd had, I had like enough, I'm like mommy damage. Like, how are we being subjected to this type of abuse and behavior when we can't even go back and say, okay, well, you weren't the best looking person either, but that's not what it's even about. You know, it's more about the connection for me, but these people usually on these review boards want to know X, Y, and Z. They want to know that you're going to give them a blowjob without a condom, or you're going to let them come in your mouth or all kinds of things that are incriminating. Yeah. (laughs) So basically that's what review board is and review culture. Yeah. I, I thank you for that. Cause it's, I haven't ventured onto review boards myself because I've just, the concept of them is abhorrent to me. I think it's disgusting. Um, like we both know because we're in the industry, but like every relationship I have with each individual client is different. And, yes. and that's like where review boards don't make any sense. And it's just this version of objectification and like it's it really just rubs me the wrong way and I I don't want any part of it um so when you were just kind of like I did a podcast so I could get away from review boards I was like yes please thank you yeah it's just not my it's not my thing I mean I tried it for a little bit just to see uh how would that change the clientele but I don't think it made it any better (laughs) To be yeah. completely honest. Yeah. Um, and I even saw photos of somebody on there. And I'm guessing they gave permission to the client to post them. But I was like, that's just way, a bit, way too much for me. Agreed. I think it's a it's an invasion of privacy. And it, it um, cheapens the relationships that I'm cultivating with my clients. That's like the, yes. the thing I feel about it. I agree. Why... Um, it's I I wanted to ask you like why do you think sex workers feel the need to be involved on these review boards um so if you have any insight on that well for a lot of people that's what helps them maintain business Mm -hmm. and I have nothing against that but that's just not the business model that I model my business after 
Yeah. Well, and I think too, with the, with SESTA FOSTA and a lot of the ad sites, um, either being completely shut down or just like not being trafficked by clients, like clients aren't visiting as many of these web, these ad sites, um, but they are going to review boards. Yes, there's just so many and we're trying to get, to get them off of the review boards and just to use the advertising sites instead. Yeah, come over to Trist or whatever, but come over yes. to something else. Get yes. off the review boards. <laughs> yeah, please get off of the review board. I mean, oh, I'm not, I just, we've got, a, I think one or two big ones here in Texas mm-hmm. and I just, I can't deal there's like a specific group of people that won't um they refuse to pay over a certain amount um for any encounter and I'm just like wow this is insane I can't believe people want to uh water down companionship so much that they are entitled to having all of these services for x amount of dollars yeah and it's like that's totally cool if that's your budget dude but don't think that my services are uh priced according to your budget yeah right just find somebody that you want to see don't try to force us all into charging something that we don't want to charge or that we're not comfortable charging exactly exactly Ugh. um I'm gonna pivot a little bit away from review boards because I Uh think that I think that we've covered as much as we can about review boards um it's depressing I know it's depressing. It's depressing. And I don't, I'm always just kind of like, oh, I wish they didn't exist. Or I wish there was one that was like sex worker run where there was a little bit more rules about like what was posted. There was more respect um, for the sex workers. Um, yeah. And like an understanding, but there well, mostly- maybe one of your listeners can do that. Maybe we've sparked some interest, hopefully. Hey, to listeners, someone. if one of you can do that. I'll help moderate. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, one of the things that you wanted to talk about, and I'm really excited to talk about this with you, is uh, your relationship with your body. Um, yes. So first, before we talk about your relationship with your body and sex work, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what your relationship with your body has been like like up until you got into sex work? Well, I've always thought that I was never thin enough for some Mm -hmm. reason. And I grew up with a competitive dance background. So it just always seemed, I was always exercising and always dancing. So I was already thin, but it just always seemed to never be enough. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm in my thirties and I go back, back to look at those photos, I'm like, I was perfect. What Mm -hmm. was wrong with me? But I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just society tells you just to be thin, 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 as thin as possible. I remember wanting to do ballet and point and thinking I'll never be thin enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And they actually encourage that. That's why a lot of ballerinas have eating disorders. Yeah. Um, Not all of them, but a lot of them have. Um, So I was just like, I'm not down with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to dance professionally and I still didn't think I was thin enough. And now, um, ha, it's been a, it's been a journey mm-hmm. to just actually appreciate and love the body that I'm in now, but you have to, because that's the only body that you have and you're beautiful no matter what. 
I believe. And I believe that about other companions and I believe that about my clients. Absolutely. I, I talk to people about, um, cause people always ask me like, what are like, what's your sexuality or who, who are you attracted to? And I'm just like, honestly, I don't like, I think bodies are fun. Like, it doesn't matter what body you have, as long as like the person on the inside is someone that I can vibe with, then yes, then we can have fun. Always. Um, so I agree. I think it's, it, and society does teach us. Um, I mean, capitalism thrives on, <laughs> on us thinking we are not perfect and striving for perfection and spending yes. money on all of these things. Yes. And specifically, um, people who don't fit into like Western beauty, like very white supremacist beauty standards, right? Yes. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about too is like, as as a black woman, what are some of the things you do to like reclaim your body and like subvert the narrative that that you've been taught about beauty? Well, I think the first thing that we have to do is realize that a lot of what society is telling us is popular now, like full lips, Mm -hmm. full hips, Mm -hmm. huge asses. Where does that all originate from? (laughs) Right. Hello, that is us. That, that, I mean, we are naturally this way. So first we have to understand and recognize that and Basically, I just tell society to shove it because you've <laughs> taken you've taken everything, the essence of black women and put it into other cultures. And you want to say that we are not beautiful, but this is where everything came from. Exactly. We are the epitome of beauty of beauty, of the beauty standards right now, at least, which things are changing. I mean, I'm so happy to see things are changing. Um, and people are becoming more aware of that, especially in this industry. Um, I just think it's going to take a lot of time for those beauty standards to uh, die out the old ones, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, super thin. Um, But I feel like there's somebody out there for everybody, everybody type. And I used to be really um, self-conscious about being a black companion, but I'm not anymore. I swear the older I get, it's just the, the more I'm just like, fuck it. I don't care. Like yes. either you, you see me, I present this to you. You see me, either you want it or you don't, if you don't move on. Yeah. As so a, I, oh, I mean, I just, I just, I want everyone to embrace their beauty, their curves, their lack of curves, all of it. Yes. The diversification of our beauty standards, please. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I also, I resonate too with this. Uh, as I've gotten older, I give fewer fucks. Um, it's cause I used to give a, I used to want to be everybody's type. I've said this before yes. in the podcast. I wanted yes. everyone to want me and that's what would make me feel valid, especially as a stripper, especially in this industry. It like makes you feel financially stable and worthy and like all these things. But as I've gotten into my thirties, God bless the thirties. Um, I've also just like, I don't give a fuck what other people think. And it, there's people out there for like, who are my, my folks and like, yes. who, who want me. Yes. Uh, and same with you. Like there's people out there who want you. And those are the people that are worth like our attention and the other folks, if they don't want it, then like, 
awesome. Go on your merry way. There's plenty of other people out there for you. And no one can be like everything to everyone. I mean, it's just stressful anyway. When yeah. you try to even be that. Yeah. And I find that there's a lot of like, we'll, we'll touch on the review boards again for a moment, but the guys <laughs> on the review board boards seem to think that like what they desire is what everyone else desires. And there's yes. this like assumption that there's one sort of, um, yeah, beauty or like what is sexy or what is desirable um, and that they can call it out and like nitpick on, on providers. And I, it's gross. What I like to call that is this one size fits all approach. And that's not how, that's not how any of this works. That's not how, that's not how sex work works. Sorry. (laughs) Those body suits, one size fits all those body suits never fit right. I'm just yeah. going to say that. <laughs> so it's not like a, you can do like, everybody wants this. Everybody wants that. No, some people seek out a companion for a specific reason and others for another. So yeah. you can't just say, hey, she did this, 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 and this. But what yeah. about if I just want to take somebody out on, on a date and just right. talk to them? <laughs> yeah. Like this person may not have the knowledge of astrophysics that I really want someone to have. So I got to find, <laughs> find somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Well, I love that. I, um, is there anything that you do specifically like for your body to, to like show that you, you care for it and, and love it? Like, is there a, a ritual that you, you like to do for your body? Um, what I do is just try to treat it as best as I can. And that means exercising and eating right. Yes. And looking at myself in the mirror and saying, you are beautiful. You are hot. Like, damn, that's, that's sexy today. Like, look at that ass. Mm-hmm. Like people might think I'm vain, but I will look, I will always look in the mirror when I pass one. Oh yeah. <laughs> A little vanity never killed anybody, you know? No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Not at all. So, I mean, I've just grown into loving my body as I get, as I've gotten older. I don't know. It's just, what else can you do? What other option? I don't have time to be sad or upset, especially about something that I can change. I mean, you can always modify some things with your body if That's you want true. to, if you don't like that, you know? That's very true. Um, I'll ask you one thing and then, and then that's a really good segue that I want to jump on. Mm-hmm. Um, how has sex work changed your relationship with your body? Oh, I'm just a lot more comfortable. I feel like mm-hmm. because of sex work, um, a lot more, um, aware in my body, especially during, you know, being intimate with someone yeah. and, it feels like I can be able to voice my opinions and boundaries and concerns a little bit more clearly now um, than I could before, even in a civilian uh, setting or like a civilian date. Um, Now I can actually speak up and be like, you know what? I don't, I don't like that. Can you do something else? Or like, that's too hard. That's too fast. Go slower. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I really think sex work has enhanced um, my relationship with my body. Yeah. I mean, declaring boundaries is like a trust building exercise with your body. Like your body trusts you to be able to 
request its desires or protect it from what it doesn't like. Yes. Yeah. Protection is yeah. most important. Most definitely. Agreed. I love that. Well, I'm jumping on this perfect segue you set up. Um, speaking of, you can always change your body. Um, yes. And like plastic surgery, body modifications was something that you had indicated you wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you had plastic surgery or any kind of body body modification? Yes, this year. But I have been thinking about it for several years, probably since 2018. But I got a breast augmentation this year in February. Wow. Did you go bigger or smaller? I went bigger, go bigger, big go home <laughs> bigger in Texas. Yes, baby. And my doctor was like, uh, I told you, you could go bigger, but like, you don't have to be like obnoxious. And I'm like, listen, who is paying here? Like, let's just, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Big, like, let's go big. I love you. Uh- <laughs> Also, how okay? So when you were thinking about um, having having your breast augmentation done, what was the thought process like, and um, when when did you decide to actually go through with it? A lot of people would tell me um, you don't need that, uh, but I knew for myself and what the look that I wanted to achieve that I just wanted a little bit more fullness mm-hmm. um, towards the middle of my chest. I just felt like it laid to a little bit too flat for me. So I went on several consultations and a lot of people told me I needed a, a breast lift, but I'm like in my late twenties and I've never had any children. So I was just thinking this is insane because the incisions for that type of uh, procedure are usually just like really intense. And so I did not want to do that. And so I finally found a doctor here in Dallas that said, Hey, I think I, I think I have a solution to what you're wanting. And instead of going, um, underneath the muscle, I'll go above the muscle. And I think that'll give you the look that you want without having to have a breast lift. And you can always come back if you decide you do want a breast lift and we can see how you scar. Um, because I hadn't have never had any major surgery before. So that was a really big concern to me, especially being African-American and scars being darker. Right. So I just finally decided when the doctor finally said, Hey, instead of saying, no, you can't do that. Or I won't do that. He compromises me and said, yeah, I think I can do that. So that was the doctor for me. And so I decided to, well, I wasn't sure about doing it then. Let's see. We had the, I had the consultation last summer and then on my 31st birthday, I said, that's what I'll do for my birthday during a pandemic, which is just bizarre, but (laughs) I'm like, I can't go on vacation. So I guess I'll just get some boobs or something. (laughs) Sounds fun. I love it. Yeah. That's so great. Um, after you got the surgery, how did, I mean, obviously I wanted to ask like, how has, did, did your, the way you see your body change? Um, but of course, like visibly the way you saw your body changed, but like the way you felt about your body, did that change at all? I felt like I was balanced out if that made sense. Mm -hmm. Like because of the curves that I have on my hips and things like that, I just felt like I was evenly proportioned. I mean, I was fine before anyway, but I just, I really liked it. Cool. Especially like the, well, I forget what they call this. Some uh, 
phenomena where you're like super kind of swollen and your implants haven't like dropped and fluffed is what they call it yet. Oh, yeah. Um, I really like that look. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so I'm like, oh, do I want to go back? But I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I'll go back like right where now. They're like a little abnormally like perky and up. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, ooh, I really like that. It's so fun. Um, what is something that you wish people would understand about plastic surgery or body modification? Uh, like the greater public, what's something you wish they'd understand? Um, I wish they would understand that it is our body and our choice to do that. It doesn't make us any less than anybody else who is all natural. And I feel like that's like a a selling point for some companions. Oh, I've never had any surgery. I'm all natural. I don't think, I mean, I mean, that's beautiful to not, to feel like you've not had to have surgery, Mm -hmm. but I just wish people would not put it in such a negative light. And I think the more that plastic surgery gets popular, um, the more that myth will kind of fade away that it's like a bad thing. I mean, I applaud people who can actually afford to have plastic surgery mm-hmm. and um, go through the healing stage of it because it sucks. It's not fun. But mm-hmm. at the end, when you've achieved the result that you wanted to, it's awesome. It's beautiful. And you feel like confident in your body. So I just wish more people would look at it that way in a positive light. There's nothing wrong with having like a little um, modification here and there. I mean, for some people, it's a hobby. (laughs) It's like a a lifestyle choice. It's true. Um, It's kind of addicting. Like they say, like I kind of wanted another surgery, but who knows? I may or may not. And a lot of people just don't want to talk about it, which I think that's extremely unhealthy to say you haven't had surgery and then have people try to obtain the same results as you when there's no way possible you can do it without the surgery. Right. Oh yeah. That sounds like me with tattoos. The like, Oh, I just want to go get another one now. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's, there's people who want to say they didn't have it because there's shame, there's stigma around it. Yeah. And if we could eliminate the stigma, I think one of the things that as I'm listening to you uh, comes up for me is that people who get plastic surgery aren't always doing it because they're not happy with their body they just see something they want to change yes it's not not necessarily like I like I hate myself and I have to change this thing it's just like I'd like to change this thing just yeah it's like an elective option you know it's whatever (laughs) almost like getting your ears pierced yeah, uh, just, just like that. Yeah, just a lot more expensive. <laughs> a lot more expensive. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, did you notice a- after you got um, your breast augmentation if that changed your work or how you interacted with your work or how clients interacted with you? Did you notice anything there? Um, I noticed people wouldn't uh, wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, how can you not notice these? Um. Mm-hmm. People would, I mean, clients would say, wow, like those look really good. And I'd say, thank you. And they say, they look really natural. And I'm like, thank you. That's what we were going for. Yes. So work has been pretty good. It's just, you have to tell people, like we were talking about earlier boundaries. You have to be like very gentle now, especially after I had surgery. It's like, you just can't go like pulling on those things or gnawing on them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, whoa, 
slow down cowboy. Yes. Um, and even now I still, I'm like a little bit sensitive, but mm-hmm. like, I'm good for the most part, but I was terrified to have sex. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> After surgery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to just wrangle a friend and say, Hey, can we try this? Can I just try it with somebody I'm comfortable with first before I go back to work? That's so smart. Oh, I love that. But he but he knew to be like super gentle. He's like, oh my God, let me get you a pillow. Let me, oh. okay, only let's do just this one position. I'm like, this is not how real sex works, <laughs> but thank you. I'm so appreciative. <laughs> I love that you're like, you sound a little bitter, but <laughs> you're also just really grateful. <laughs> But when I think about it, it's so cute. It's like, oh, like, let's just get this pillow. Let's put this pillow underneath you. Okay. It is really sweet. There's a reason <laughs> you trusted him for sure. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I love that. Um, oh, that's so good. That is so, so good. Um, wow. I think I'm almost done with the questions. That's like okay. bananas. Um, oh, 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 this is an oh. opportunity. Mm. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to promote your candles because you are also a maker, which I love about you. Yes. Um, and you've started this, you launched this candle business. Was it over quarantine? Like earlier this year? Last year. Yeah. Last year I started it. I started to just make candles, um, when they were, well, everything was opening back up in Texas around March or April, I think. And I went into, uh, Bath and Body Works and like no candles were on sale. And I'm like, I just want to light a candle. I'm so stressed out. Yes. I'm like, no candles are on sale. Okay, great. I'll just go home and figure out how to make my own candle. What, who thinks of that? I don't know. And then I just ended up on uh, YouTube, a never ending like black hole of making and crafting things. Oh my God. And so finally I got the materials and I taught myself how to do it. But that's funny that you mentioned it because that's what I was doing this morning and almost forgot about this interview. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm glad you remembered, uh, but also love that you're making candles. Um, How, how can people purchase your candles if they, if they feel so inclined? Okay. So we've got a few options here. I have an Etsy shop mm-hmm. and, uh, I have two Etsy stores. So I have one that's just my original, uh, candle store that's class and kitsch. So it would be etsy.com slash shop slash slash class and kitsch. Oh my God. It's like a tongue twister. <laughs> and then I have another shop that's more geared towards sex workers. And I'm looking for a cause to donate to, mm-hmm. um, usually all that money. It just sits. I like, I don't spend it. I don't live on it off of yeah. it or anything like that. Um, from those proceeds. So I have that second candle company is called whore candle company. So I'm working on like both of those this yes. today. And Whore Candle Company, usually it just has like little funny, cute sayings for things in the industry. Like today, I'm probably going to be um, putting up a candle that smells like blueberry cheesecake and I've named it Dads Who Go Down. Oh my God, you're brilliant. (laughs) I mean, it's based off a tweet I wrote. I was like, God, they're so wholesome. I love them so much. Dads Who Go Down. Also, Uh, dads make me breakfast, but that's something completely different. (laughs) I love that. So yeah. 
Um, and then class and kitsch will have all of my fall scented candles because that's when I originally started selling them last year was fall. And I was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just buying all these different fragrances I thought would smell good and hoping that they worked just crossing my fingers. But this year we've got a plan. So we're going to start for fall now. And I've got today, let's see, bonfire, caramel, apple, um, let's see. Oh, pumpkin pecan waffles, which is really good. And I hate pumpkin like with a burning passion yeah like but with pecan sign me up <laughs> it's so good it's so buttery and sweet and oh. it's it's not like super overpowering so I'll probably be making more of those today and what I'm gonna do every month until let's see December it's just gonna be like four to six different scents and when they're sold out they're sold out and then the next month it'll be a different set oh my going God. into Christmas and you know so that'll be fun I think I hope. Yes. I love that. Have you considered as well, like with your candle company, have you considered branching out into like incense or anything, anything similar? Okay. So I have, uh, reed diffusers, but I just, I haven't made those yet. I just want to, I'm a perfectionist and I want to perfect it. So I also have for people who don't like candles, a flameless, um alternative and that is the wax melt those little wax melt cubes that you can put in the warmer so I have those as well and I'm thinking about doing room sprays too so and I feel like that really sets the mood for an appointment um when you have like a candle or like a nice scent or even if you are not um keen on any fragrance I'm about to do some unscented things too so (laughs) We've got options for everyone. I love that. You're so versatile. Cool. Let's keep in touch about the candle thing because I think I have some collaboration ideas. I'll talk oh, to you. Oh, awesome. Later. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh, God. I guess so. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. The first two are like easy just to get you a good feel for it. And then the other ones are a little harder. Okay. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Mm, pancakes mm-hmm. salty or sweet salty mm-hmm. um what is the your favorite place you've ever been oh man this one is hard I would say there's two places I'd say Vancouver um British Columbia and then I would say San Diego oh I love that those are both really good yes what is a book from your mandatory reading list? Oh, The 48 Laws of Power. People think I'm crazy for saying that, but I think it's a really good book. Ooh. <laughs> I don't By know. Robert Greene. Robert Greene? Yes. Is it, is it about like power, power structures or is it like getting power for yourself or what are... Well, it's about, power? I would say power structures, like things people have done in the past to maintain mm. and... Uh, to be powerful cool so yeah, it's a little bit of history well not a little bit a whole lot of history hell yeah I was hoping that was the answer because I was just like it's it sounds like it could be like a self-help book title but that sounds more like well it is it's a little bit of both I okay think. cool cool I love that I'll check that one out you have um, to let me know what you think I will I I enjoy this is me being awful at rapid fire questions, but I think understanding power structures, 
and how they how you relate to them is a really important piece of um fucking the system we'll just say that <laughs> oh oh you most definitely will enjoy that book then <laughs> okay good 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 <laughs> Uh, what is a song, an album, or a music musical artist that you've been obsessed with lately? Ariana Grande. Ugh. And, and that was so funny you asked me last night. I was just like so into this song from her Dangerous Woman album, Touch It. I love that song oh, so much. It's so hot. It's such a hot. I mean, and I had never even listened to that song until I watched her concert on Netflix, I mm. guess. So like, I think I had Dangerous Woman, but I just listened to the few songs like Dangerous Woman and um, Every Day. I love that song with her oh, and Future. So yes. But yeah, Touch It, it's just like such a hot song. And it just makes me think about, uh, it puts me in the mood to be Elliot, I think. Hell yeah. I love that. So I love that song. What is your secret talent? <laughs> secret talent oh <laughs> I love this question wow hmm. me thinking mm-hmm. without it being like lewd or anything no I don't I, don't feel like hmm. <laughs> I mean it can be lewd if you want to go there this is we don't have to censor on this show hmm the hidden talent I don't I really don't know. I know making candles isn't hidden, so we can't go there. No, it's not hidden. And I but say, I, I didn't know you could dance. Can you? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, I like to do like a little bit. Like I used to do like a lot of strip teases on my OnlyFans. Yeah. Um. So I would say that probably would be like a hidden talent because not a lot of people. I mean, people say they dance. They dance, but but you're usually like, I try to put videos up. Or yeah, and you're also like trained like. Yes. You're a, you're a trained dancer. Yes. I've been dancing since I was little bitty, oh. like two years old. Um, so maybe you could say that. And then I would also say another hidden talent is I'm a great kisser. Oh, I've never yeah. received like, well, no, usually other people are bad kissers, but I'm like, also, I'm just really good at that. But I don't know if that's hidden. I mean, you wouldn't know until you kiss me. True. <laughs> I look forward to the experience one day. <laughs> Um, finish this sentence for me. Good sex is fun. Mm-hmm. Good sex is fun, and you can laugh during it. I don't know why people think sex has to be so serious. It does not. Oh, it's like one of the things that drives me the craziest is when people are trying to be so serious. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I think laughing during sex is one of my favorite things. It's sexy. It's Ugh. sexy. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. Let me see. One superpower. I think it would be, I would say to fly. That's uh, my first instinct. I don't know. I don't know why I would want to fly. Yeah. Go or have like, s- or some super like psychic powers, like some strong intuitive power where I could just read people's minds that would be really cool I think yeah I like that I mean uh, reading people's minds could be dangerous because I think people think a lot of things that I just don't want to know about but (laughs) (laughs) Um, some people say those things out loud and I still don't want to know about it Ooh, Um, yeah mm -hmm. Um, but I also think it would be wildly interesting if you could like shut it off and on 
I think. Yes. It, yeah. yeah. If you definitely, if you could shut it off, because I just always like look at people and I want to say, want to know what they're thinking when yeah. they do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, what is something simple that brings you joy? Oh, sunshine. Mm. I love that. always sunshine, just being warm, being in the, in the light. That is something simple to me that always brings me joy and happiness. Mm. That's perfect. That's so good. Well, that brings us to the end of all of my questions. Um, is there I any- did it. You did it. It's done. <laughs> Relatively painless, right? Yes. Not bad at all. <laughs> Cool. Well, we let's let's say goodbye to the listeners. Bye, listeners. So, bye, listeners. Thanks for joining us. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. The wonderful Elliot Emerson. Um, I don't know that I've quite figured out how to sign off on these interviews because I just end up talking to them for a little while afterwards. But uh, it's cute, right? We're just it's cute. <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I think I say that every time, and I mean it every time. It is so freaking cool. We just surpassed uh, a total of 20,000 downloads for the entirety of this podcast existing, and I'm going to celebrate when we get to 25,000 because I like those intervals, but I thought I would just let you all know because it is a really... It's a beautiful little landmark, and I am just constantly humbled by the fact that people actually listen to this podcast. So thank you for being here. Cool. You're great. Space fact. Space fact. So if you're like me, you're wondering, how the hell do I get off this planet at some point? Well, the answer is that you have to find these, like, sparkly technicolored dream shoes platform boots and click your heels together three times and say there's no place like time there's no time like place over and over again until you leave the planet or until you go mad but you know good luck we're all we're all trying here trying our best uh save the planet y'all like respect respect the planet we're do we get the only one we got <laughs> That's my space fact for today. I love you all. Nanu, nanu, motherfuckers. <laughs>